Phoenix. And I'm Summer Phoenix. And you're listening to Launch Left Podcast 2.0 with our special, special guest, Joseph Arthur, which we can't screw up his name at no, all. There's no. It's too easy. Joe. You're Joseph. like the only guest we've ever had that we didn't mispronounce their name in the room with them when they looked really? at us and Unless said, it's Actually. Joseph Arthur. Yeah. It's I'm Giuseppe. Oh, here we <laughs> go. Giuseppe Arturo. <laughs> That's uh, my spiritual name. I should have name. known that looking at you. I <laughs> yeah. not believe. Oh, no. What does that mean? <laughs> Italiano. Che cazzo fai qua? Baffangulo. Oh, no. Oh, you can Oh, wow. Oh, man. That went, yeah, that went over my head. I don't know any language except English. Neither does she. Have you mastered that? Uh, No. You're still working on that. I'm working on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to our show. What a a treat to have you. You're not even from this town. I'm all nervous all of a sudden. It was better before the show started. Well, we're we're not really on the show. We're just pretending. Okay, good. But tell us where you're from because you're not from LA. I'm from Ohio originally. Akron. Oh. Akron, Ohio, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're like on the Did, did you, you just guess that or did did you look at my Wikipedia? We had Mark Motherzbaugh on the show. Oh. So we were like no, but Akron. Everything great from Ohio com- comes, comes from, from Akron. Akron. And yeah. I decided you're great because you're here. Wow, so. thank you. I do feel great being in y'all's presence. Yeah. Wow. And I then I moved to the South, Atlanta, which is why I can say y'all. Mm-hmm. How long were you in Atlanta? ATL. Four years. Okay. Something like that. That is yeah. that's that's enough to claim it. And mm-hmm. uh, and do you now, want us to sit closer together so you I, don't have to I, go like back and forth <laughs> between us, or you just don't have ever have to look at me. You can just look at Rain too. No, if definitely. That's just no, just settle on Summer. But okay. Here's here. She's nicer on the eyes. But tell Y'all us a are bit. Both nice on the eyes. Where in the East Coast do you live now, Mister Arthur? I live in New York City. Oh, so that's just like a Manhattan shit. That's proper. Sh- Manhattan proper, yeah. That's wow. a You're shit one of the last. Town. Shit art town. Well, yeah, not not much going on there. No. So how are you surviving yeah. with your artistry in New York City? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I lived in Brooklyn for many years, but then I moved back to the city, which is unusual. Are you? It is unusual. Are you on the east side, west side, downtown? I, I, I'm uptown? in the East Village. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, right across from Tompkins Square Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, sit. Was so that Needle any, Park back any in the stalkers, day? stalkers, that's where I hang. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. That was that in the Al alphabets. Pacino. In the alphabets. Al there was, Pacino yeah. movie. Yeah. Didn't he have one called Needle Park or yeah. something? Yeah, there was one down. It was like by uh, Avenue A and 12th or 9th, or that, that little that square. Yeah. Yeah, you're on 7th and A, right? Or something. Well... I don't know. I'm just give guessing. us the exact yeah. address on air, please. I, I and am the, on and Avenue A. Yeah. Funnily enough, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. don't let's not try to you know create a stalking situation. Right. Summer, stop writing his address down on your phone. That's weird. That is weird. Steady, steady. <laughs> so yeah, but um, and then I launched a podcast right out of uh, this club there called Coney Island Baby. Oh yeah. Do you know that one? Yeah, what? Green Door used to go down there. In the nineties, Green didn't Door. They, didn't they have Green, Green Door, Door parties or something? Yeah. Is there? Yeah, Jesse Mallon. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was my first guest on my podcast. <laughs> I'm not trying to like promote my podcast. Well, it seems like keep, you are. Even though yeah. I keep bringing it. It's up. okay. We're we're equal opportunity podcast. We're yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we're so happy that you invited us on yeah. to your podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for having us. I feel weird. Like being on this side of the podcast is weird. Like I feel extra pressure now. I know what it's like. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, we were you... creating that opportunity for you. You're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I feel like the pressure's on to be extra entertaining. No, you don't Not have to all. be entertaining. I do remember that you lived in Dumbo because I came to, I think, an art show you had there. You're a painter as well, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I really like your your visual Thank work. you. Um, and yeah. I remember coming, you had a really like cool place in say Dumbo. something else after she brought up the fact that you were a painter, but go ahead. <laughs> what? Okay. I know I wasn't for the record listeners, but thank you, Summer, for making it a little bit awkward. Um, actually, no. She I was, was saying thinking, that it was obvious you were about to compliment my painting. Yeah. Right? I did. I yeah. know. He but he like, gets me. Maybe I, our, maybe Joseph and I should have a podcast. Maybe you yeah. should. I think yeah. you are. At I this feel point. like you're the guest on this podcast. Okay, now. go ahead. Shoot. We just, just had gonna... her as a guest, and it didn't go over well. A She's moment of good. silence for shut the fuck up. Did you guys uh, have each other on as a guest before? Uh kind Never. of. Never. We did a Q and A with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. How does that go? Did y'all get I along? I fed her up, lines. Like, I fed her lines, and she hated it. What was it like growing up with y'all? Uh, we were pretty all close in age. I'm a lot older <laughs> than her, so we. Are she, you? she was like the baby, and I was uh, her older sister. But we got on really well. She has always bossed me around and told me exactly what to do. Says really? Meanie, says I feel like you're pants. more the yeah, boss exactly. in the situation. It's, yeah, you know. you're the more intimidating one. It's true. She, I'm she glad you see that. She has power over me. But you have the cooler glasses. So. Oh well, you know, yeah. I don't have any glasses, so well, it's kind of yeah. like. <laughs> Hard to make up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was easy for you to win that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But wait, but let's talk cool about glasses, your music, though. though. Can we talk a little bit about you as Are we a musician? Done with your glasses, I'm man? sick of the glasses. You know, we, everyone comments on how cool they are, and they it's are getting cool. to my head. It's getting it to is, my head is growing, as you can tell. I have a big, big head. It's becoming, um, yeah. It's becoming a little oversized. Um, but yeah, the uh, Akron, Ohio, is like Chrissy Hine from the Pretenders and the Black Keys. Went to the same high school as me. Devo. Devo, yeah. But decades before. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Wait, which one? Am I the old one then? No. I was the young one in that? Okay, good. I'll take that. Wait, Devo or Black Keys? (laughs) Both old. No, No, I'm older than the Black Keys. You are? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks for the surprise in your voice with that. You are? Yeah. Yeah, I've worked on it for a minute in my Dude, head. you're and killing then the age out. game. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. How old do you think he is? I mean, from the stage, you don't look a day over 40. Oh. No, sorry. That's a Spinal Tap quote. <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. From the stage. I'll take that. I'm 47. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You do look 1972? marvelous. 1971. Thank you. You as well. I'm going to be 47 in November. That's right. We're yeah. like, we're close. Yeah. yeah. We're both killing it. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are doing great. What about you? I'm 41, but I've had kids, unlike you guys. So Why are you making excuses for how gorgeous you are? Well, yeah. I am extremely good looking, but... You are extremely good looking. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying I clearly, you know, don't have the glasses to hide my crow's feet. So maybe oh people would... <laughs> wow, that, that's hardcore. I know. It's okay. I'm used to it. Out. I'm used to it. Why do you think I asked her to guest with me on this? Because uh, she's got a biting sense of humor and I like it. Yeah. I like it too. I have a thick skin too. I mean, I go home and cry every interview, but at least while I'm on mic, it's fun. Yeah. Um, So your music, we know you're from Akron. We know you're a New Yorker really now. You've been a New Yorker for a while. For a long time. I I keep trying to move out West, but something weird happens when I come out here. Okay. Tell us about it. 
I don't know. It just at first it's amazing. And then I lose my soul mm-hmm. <laughs> every time. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, I don't How know. How long have you tried to be here for? Like months at a time sometimes, like a couple months. I or, hated it for eight years. Yeah. For the first eight years that I lived here. Yeah. Did you ever live in New York? Yeah. I lived in New York for 12 years. And you like this better? Yeah, I can't. I feel like I couldn't live there anymore. I mean, there's it, they're very different, but yeah. um, you know what I love about New York is that you don't really need a destination. You can just like step out mm-hmm. and run into people that you know and do your things. And here, you really do have to plan. Yeah, you, you got to plan to get out of your house. It's easier to stay in balance in New York for me. In balance. In balance. Not imbalance. How interesting. It must be your power city. It's like where you're supposed to be. I think so. Yeah. For now. For now. I mean, we don't know. I almost moved to Mexico. Okay. Todos Santos. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know that place? Yeah. Baja. You've been down there? I've been to Baja once. Yeah. And I've heard a lot about Todos Santos. I've been to All Saints. Tijuana. All Saints, yeah. No, wait. I've been to Tijuana and then also. uh, uh, No, we've been to Tijuana. Everybody, moment of silence. Where did we go for when we were kids? I almost died on the horse. Where? Porto Porto Escondido. Yeah. That was cool, except for the near death experience. Um, Okay. Still, I want to go back to your music. Okay. Uh, when did you start writing music? Like, when did you just like go? Oh, I make songs. How old were you? Um, hmm. I was like, I guess when I got a bass guitar, I wanted to be like Gene Simmons. You know, it was like the typical <clears throat> like Midwestern kid. And um, wanting to be Gene Simmons and playing bass and then trying to figure out songs. But I couldn't, I didn't have a good ear for figuring out songs. So I would always just start writing a song, like when I would try to figure one out. So that I just started writing, you know. Did you ever study? <laughs> not, not really. No, I never went to college. And I, um, I mean, I took some lessons. And what did your parents or do you have siblings? I do. I have parents and a sister. And yeah. you have parents. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't. Not everyone does, actually. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, uh, well, I yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I have complicated familial relationships. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, did they play music? Or is there, no. is that, so it's no. not nature it, and it was nurtured by them or just from? Um, well, there was pian- like a piano and piano lessons that were kind of enforced. So did you learn? I did a little bit. Yeah. But then I like switched to bass and rock and roll and I um, got pretty good at bass really quick. And I got into like slapping and popping and fusion and stuff like that. And um, I entered this guitar wars in Cleveland, which was like, hello, Cleveland, hello, yeah, Cleveland, Peabody's down under. And it was this called the guitar wars. And I called him up and I was like, Hey, I want to enter the guitar wars. And they were like, okay, sure. And I go, but I play bass. And they were like, Oh, you, uh, you can't enter it. It's for shredding guitar players. And I'm like, I can beat everyone on it. Just let me play bass. I'll beat everyone. And, uh, so I, they let me enter and I got to like, 
I got to the final four. Wow. Out of like, yeah. That's pretty epic. Where so you must have. It was epic. And I, and I, uh, it was like a movie moment in my life. It was like, I still don't think I've had as glorious a moment as that. I think that was like the like peak of Where glory for me. Where did that self-confidence <laughs> come from? I think it was desperation mm, just to like mm. prove myself and to like, you know, have some kind of great thing happen or, you know, I needed it. Like I, I went at music like somebody who needed it always and still, you know, I think like people in the arts who succeed on some level, um, need it. Hungry. <laughs> yeah. Or even beyond hunger, like needing it, like survival. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's hunger, but yeah. It's are like, fed by it. It's like, it's like food, just sustenance. Need, need to prove themselves or need to like. You know, I always had that, like, I need to, like, be great in order to justify existing. Like, that was some thought I had when I was in first grade. And how's that working out for you? No, it's terrible, like, mm. as a life plan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like turns out that's actually, like, like mental illness, you know. But, it like, it can push you to, like, you know, get into the top four of a Guitar Wars, you yeah. know, when you're a Playing kid. Bass playing bass and so the guy that beat me was named uh is named frankie star and he had a band called frankie star and chill factor mm -hmm. and right then the bass player in that band named stutz bearcat who had a band called armstrong bearcat uh butch armstrong and stutz bearcat great blues cleveland blues rock band he started that band and then the manager of frankie was upset about him doing another band and asked me at that Guitar Wars if I wanted to take Stutz's position in Frankie's band. So the guy who beat me, I then got hired to be the bass player Amazing. in his band. So suddenly I went from nothing obscurity to playing five nights a week in one of the best blues rock bands in Cleveland. Wow. Like we got to open up for Stevie Ray Vaughan. Bet you ain't no bad. Like crazy wild shit. Like, and we were playing five nights a week. I was making 50 bucks at night, which is absurd amount of money for a high school kid in the late eighties in Ohio, <laughs> you know, with no overhead. I mean, all of a sudden I had like pockets full of cash and I was like, you know, living an adult life from that point on. And how is, how did that work out for you? It That worked out okay. I mean, I ended up getting like, when I got hit my senior year in high school, I got like, I only had to go to school a half day because, you know, it's already like, you know, I made the papers and all that kind of stuff. So it was great. And then right before I graduated high school, I got mono because I would get home at like three in the morning and I'd be wasted and I'd have to wake up at like seven in the morning to go to school. And I would walk through school just like a zombie, like for the half day I had to be there. So, so it did work out great. Yeah. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> are you being facetious? Yeah, sure. If that's the word. Kind of. Um, <laughs> how did it, how did so, it, how did it Is help? that not the word? That's exactly no, yeah, the word. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, um, and then I got mono, you know, and then so the kissing disease mono. Yeah. But, but it, you got it because you were because, tired. I was, I was a rock and roller. Yeah. Yeah. And so the that was my question is how did it, how did it help with um, your dating situation? Oh, I just entered into an adult life at that point. Like yeah. my dating became sex, drugs and rock and roll. It became like dating 
grown people, women, mm, right. you know, like it was right. like I beca- I was in an adult world at that point. Right. I mean, like kind of a hardcore adult world too. Like we would, you know, there's like Hell's Angels would come to our gigs and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So I remember celebrating with Hell's Angels one of my birthdays, you know, that type of thing. Like, <laughs> And this was all before you were 18. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, uh, but then I had to like either quit the band or quit high school when I got mono and I only had like two months left of school and I wanted to get my high school degree so I told Frankie I was like listen I gotta quit because I want to get my high school degree and he was like we'll hold the place for you if you want your job back after you graduate and I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna leave now because uh I wanted I had to go my own way. I went and then I moved to Atlanta. I graduated high school and moved to Atlanta like four days later. Why? Wow. Why Atlanta? I, I mean, I understand why Atlanta, but from your perspective as why, a... Why in your perspective? Because it's baller. It's an awesome... I mean, back then, I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was a. it is an epicenter for music. Yeah. And extremely diverse. And um, it's the South, which is hot. Yeah, well, I I started another band, um, or I got you know usurped into a band called Ten Zen Men, um, and they had a connection in Atlanta. Some guy who was like a manager, and like we could go play at this place called the Cotton Club in the Point or something like that. And so they were like, "Hey, we're moving to Atlanta," and I was like, "Yeah, okay." I didn't have any college plans or anything like that, so I was like, "Okay, that sounds fine." And then I just moved, you know, just, and it was cool. It was an interesting, like, to go from being raised in Akron, Ohio, you know, it's this particular kind of America. And then to, like, have, you know, sort of, like, my adult life start down south was very interesting. I think kind of cool. And then from there I moved. I got signed out of Atlanta to Peter Gabriel's label. And then I moved to London. Wow. And, and lived in London for like a year before I moved to New York City. And that's where I've been ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how did it, how did you transition from being in 10 Zen Men to getting, getting signed, signed by, by Peter, Peter Gabriel? Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't. <laughs> I know. It's, it's wild. Because 10 Zen Men was like, you know, we were kind of like funk rock, you know, because I was like slapping and popping on yeah. the bass and all that. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then I like start, I didn't sing yet. I didn't start singing until I was 21. And one time I was just at rehearsal for Ten Zen Men. And one of the songs, the singer, the singer wasn't down there yet. I started singing and I loved my voice right away. Like I didn't have insecurity about my voice. I was like, wow, I sound great. Like, <laughs> it's true. Just listening to you speak, I feel like you're singing to us. Oh, uh, thank you. Is this a love connection? I feel like there's I, like a... Yeah, there's a vibe. Yeah, I think there's a vibe. <laughs> uh, it's pure artistry. That's it. All right. Well, it's one-sided vibe. Yeah, it's it's just, it happens all the time. Don't worry uh, yeah, about it. Everybody falls in love with you. Yeah. Come on. I was basically just pass out her number every time the thing's over. You know? She doesn't know. That's why you're getting all those weird texts, by the way. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. sorry. Back to the real stuff. She's, wow. She's mad at me. I can tell. She started um, out that way, though. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> she's just angry as a rule. Hey, sis. Oh, yeah. Hi, sis. 
Great. So, yeah, so then, I, like, I liked my singing voice. And at that point, it was all about trying to get people to mosh, like, in a in a mosh pit, like yeah. rock and roll clubs. This like is, it was, like, late 90s? No, it was, like, early 90s. Okay, okay. Early, early 90s. And it was, like, all about, like, Nirvana and how hard could things rock. And then, um, but that band fell apart, and I tried to put together my own band. And then I just, like, let all that go, and I got an acoustic guitar. And I could finally let go of like trying to play like flea right. bass, you know, like uh, it used to be all my first songs were like really had to be have really complicated bass lines right. because that was like, this is what makes me special. These right. complicated bass lines, you know, right. <laughs> and then I got an acoustic guitar and I just realized if I just like played like simple chords, I could then just concentrate on words and melody. And that was like more, in, that became real interesting to me. I started listening to like R.E.M. and Nick Drake and stuff like that. Bob Dylan. I got way into Bob Dylan. Because so, all my formative years, I was into jazz fusion and Jaco Pistorius yeah. and Stanley Clark. And I was a nerd, like yeah. crazy nerd. And uh, then I got into cooler music when I was older, like mm. Nirvana too. Mm -hmm. And my first demo that I made on cassette, I gave it to a guy in a AA meeting, just randomly, as I was already like trying to be sober to early 20s. As you do, as you do. As you do, before, you know, like, uh, and I gave him, gave him a cassette, He, you know, and he gave it to some guy he knew for this label called Capricorn Records, and that guy gave it to a, sent it to another guy in New York for Capricorn Records named Harvey Schwartz, and then Peter Gabriel came through town, and Harvey on his so tour. I don't know what tour, and Harvey played him the cassette. Wow! And then he took the cassette with him on a flight to England, and then he called me and was like, "Hey, I'm interested in Whoa. signing you to my label." It was like so random. It was completely random that I just gave it to a friend without any like, yeah. you know. Wow! And uh, yeah, and then I went. I I came to New York to audition for him, and he ended up bringing Lou Reed with him to my audition. And Lou Reed brought a DAT recorder and to record my first gig, wow. at, which I had been a fusion bass player. So all of a sudden I have this acoustic guitar and I'm playing in front of Lou Reed, oh you know, my God. these songs I just <laughs> wrote. And it was like, I was way out of my depth, you know, like it was, wow. it was really what wild. What a story. Yeah, was, That's amazing. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. And then I, I got to meet Lou afterwards and. He was like, I like that song called King of Hide and Seek, but I didn't have a song called King of Hide and Seek. So. <laughs> but there was a lyric along those lines in one of them, so I knew what he was talking about. So, and you stayed good friends with Lou Reed for yeah, and until his untimely passing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I, that. I remember that about you because you. I yeah, forget, I, I loved him a lot. Yeah, you guys were close. That's yeah, it. I really loved him. Yeah. Yeah, I still love him. I still feel like he's, you know, uh, to the degree, I, I don't know, like I still feel his presence. I don't know if like we imagine those things or if they're real. I think they're real. But mm -hmm. like, because for instance, where I happen to be living or where I happen to be doing my podcast is under in the basement of a club called Coney Island Baby, 
you know, and that's a famous Lou Reed album. Mm-hmm. And there, and so Lou is celebrated in this place that just, I just so happened. Also, I have a painting studio in the basement of that club that's been, you know, thanks to Jesse, like just given to me, but still it just feels like blessed, blessed. Exactly. And, and I like, mean, your time, ty- your entire rise in a lot of ways seems quite blessed i mean clearly it started off with a lot of hard work yeah. right? and a lot of jaco stories a lot a lot of lewis <laughs> brothers johnson videos and stuff yeah that's true yeah it seems no, pretty with, guided it does when i retell it like that yeah. it, it's right. wildly like that yeah. you know I want, well, yeah, I, mean, I, I wonder what's happened lately, but it no, all goes back kidding. to that top four. You'll, you'll see that in retrospect. Yeah, I hope this so. This will be part of your story and yeah. your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what about you guys? Do you believe in spirits and stuff like that? And Believe in, aren't we all then? Yeah, but like, do you think, like, what, like, do you think there's people looking out for you or angels or any of that kind of thing? I believe there's things unseen in other realms and that we just, because we can't see them with what we call reality or our naked eye doesn't mean they're not in, in the existence with us. Right. You know, so maybe, I don't know. It, it yeah. might be a different, but I do think, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm kind of believing, uh, I'm not going to talk about it. Sometimes when you talk about what you believe, you know, you you a may may misrepresent it, mm-hmm. and b some of the um, power of your belief goes yeah. gets drained. Yeah, yeah. But I do hearing your story and about Lou. I absolutely like. There are no to me. There are no coincidences really, or like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so weird. You know, when when I even say that, I catch myself and go, it's not. It's, this is like the journey. Yeah. And you know, we touch on all kinds of sort of quote unquote magical moments in our journey on in life, and um, they they shouldn't come as such a surprise. That's that's because we believe that things are ordinary. Right. But if you don't believe things are ordinary, the magical things aren't magic. They're just part of your journey. You know, that's sort of how I think about it. Yeah. What do you do? Like, do you do a daily practice to keep yourself balanced or what do you do? Meditation practice. Oh, you do? Do you as well? Prayer, meditation every day. Oh, really? What do you, who do you pray to or, or do you mind? God. God. That's cool. I'm, I'm a believer in God as well. I think this is a definite love connection happening here. Which, oh my God. <laughs> just because we both believe in God. Yeah, that's just like, that's just happening. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just Eric, trying to make it uncomfortable. Cut out, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It, stirred, it stirs up the energy in the room. Yeah, now I don't need in. proof. I'm not somebody who, you know, needs proof for the things that I believe. Mm. Well, to me, it's reasonable to believe in God, you know, just because it's like where something doesn't come from nothing, you know. Interesting. Moment of silence for Joe's last statement. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, because like the non-God version is there was an explosion Yeah. You know, like, like, that's like, that's the science explanation. There was, there was, there was an explosion. It's like, okay, but what created the explosion? Who, who is your God? 
I don't, that's a good question. Like, I don't, I don't really know, but it's something I've had ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Like, uh, and leaned on in that kind of prayer and stuff like that. It's actually in the, in your song, in your really popular song. I don't in, even know from when sun. that. Yeah, in the sun. Yeah. You, you actually repeat the word God quite a lot in that uh, song. It's a uh-huh. beautiful song, by the way. Thank you. I think that's how we met was, wasn't Stipe covering that for the Bring Him Home troops with you? You he, sang it with him or something? Or He covered it. Uh, for Katrina. Oh, that's what it Relief. was. Relief, yeah. Okay. And Peter Gabriel covered that song too before I before I put it out. Oh wow! Yeah, that's for a beautiful Elton, song. For, uh, for an Elton John tribute album or something like that. Tough so times beautiful. for Joseph Arthur. Yeah, I mean. that was back in the nineties, though. Come on. Had you signed a <laughs> publishing deal, therefore not having all the money come to you for that song? <clears throat> yeah, I had a publishing deal. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get it back? Or is it- I think I don't know what the whole thing is with that, but I, yeah, I recently signed another one, so must be okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about trying to like really learn about money now. That's like the next final frontier. <laughs> Chapter? Yeah, yeah. Like I've been starting to do research on, you know, how to make money. Well, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> like you know, like YouTube is an endless resource for like information and education and stuff and lately it's weird like do you guys mess with youtube at all go on this YouTube? will be on youtube right but that's you- about it i do search for things i'm looking for now on youtube yes. i don't but my kids you know live and breathe youtube yeah so do i and it's just interesting what starts coming up like it almost feels like suggestions from the universe in some kind of way or it's just suggestions I, from, from the algorithm al- of your yeah. searches well that's true Obviously, too. That's that's the, the scientific. That, that's the version. sort of less magical <laughs> way of thinking about it. But no, it does lead you down certain rabbit holes. It feels like it's interesting. Like, uh, um, yeah, it does feel like synchronicity exists in those algorithms too. Or is that how you say it? Algorithms. 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 It's like a Wikipedia wormhole where you go, yeah, you start reading a Wikipedia and then you push the link to the next, and then before you know it, you're like deep in this hole. Of everything relating to this one person you first searched. Yeah. My friend who's a researcher always talks about the wiki wormhole. That's why I brought that up. Yeah. But then it'll throw throw you something that's not not directly related. And it feels to me like a suggestion, like, hey, learn this. And lately there's been this one guy that came up that was like, he wrote this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you ever heard of that? No. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, it's probably boring to talk about on our podcast, but I started researching it, like, and all about like taxes and entrepreneurs and stuff like that, and like how if you start, um, like, if you get into real estate, you can like live a tax-free life. Like he's talking about how like the big business people don't ever pay taxes because there's all these tax loopholes, and you can make debt work for you and all that kind of stuff. So I started researching that. Mm. And it's holding your attention? Well, it's only been for like 12 hours. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up now. It's It's, it's fresh on your mind. It's so fresh, yeah. That was your latest rabbit hole. That's been the latest rabbit hole. That was yesterday, (laughs) you know. So, like, I'm not an expert. Are you making a new record? Yeah, it's it's done. What? Yeah, I actually... Mastered and everything? Yeah, it's mastered, but then, of course, we did some tweaks to it to, like, then, you know, update it. But it's uh, called Comeback World, 
and it's um, I made a lot of it out in L.A. with this guy Chris Seafried, producer, um, and I made a lot of it in New York. But it's been I haven't put out a solo record in like five years or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's an interesting landscape we're in. Um, artistically, yeah, for specifically for music, musically. but even yeah. I mean, in all ways, everything's changing. Even for film, you know, it's shifting more to like TV streaming. All that. it's right. It seems like the you know what was on top in certain genres is being discombobulated a bit and reser- re- resettling into a new thing. Like, it seems that way. Well, it just seems like. I mean, just streaming, let's just say that versus, you know, even CDs, right? Or records, yeah. start, like people going to buy music doesn't really but happen at all. Hasn't that been and, the way for so long now? Yeah, but it's been, it's a, it's taken over officially. You know uh, what I mean? Like it started as like, oh, there's this new thing and people are doing, they're pirating or they're doing spot, you know, and now it's like. That they, was that 25 is, years ago, Rain. Yeah. If you're referring to Napster, <laughs> it was at least that. But no, it's I'm, cool. She might. I was know. talking about, um, that was, that was when they stole music. Yeah. But I was talking about. Pirating. That other, now it's Spotify, but there was another one that was really like hot before Spotify and mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. Napster. No, but then there was another Thank one you. called, it starts with a P. Pandora. Pandora. Yes. Yeah. That was sort of like what everyone was like streaming it there. It seemed like, and then Spotify started doing that. But now it's basically, it seems like the industry is the record industry again, except it's streaming. There's payola, there's people, you know, like how to get on play, all of it. They found a way to make the same damn thing, but a different medium. Right. So it's just a weird shifting moment where it's the same BS, different medium. What would Rich Dad, Poor Dad say about this? I don't know. That's a good question. Who's Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Well, it's the name of the book. The the guy. Was he, he, is he trying to say like, you know, go ahead. Well, oh, go ahead. What were you saying? No, I really. Okay. Well, he he was saying, uh, you know, find out what God wants you to do. That was an interesting takeaway I got. Like, instead of doing what you want to do, find out what is needed in the world. And that's how you'll monetize and, what you like to and do. That's how that's how success will come to you. Find out what what is ne- what does God want you to do? So he gets esoteric like yeah. that, or like so, which is in, which is kind of interesting. I mean that that appeals to me. That kind of magical talk, you know. Well, it's also like finding your, tr- I think that that's another way of saying, you know, find your truth, find why you're here, who mm-hmm. you are, what you're supposed to be doing and do that. And everything else will come from that honesty. Mm-hmm. And that's true. I think that's true in all art and commerce yeah. is like, if you're in your zone, yeah, abundance happens because you're not so much fixated on like, I just need money to get by. You're like, right. this is who I am and I need to do this thing. And then it comes to you. Yeah. It tends to work. I think if you really, it's just hard for us to be honest with ourselves, right? Because we have so much desire and want of a certain thing, regardless if the world's, if the universe is saying, that's not really what you're supposed to do. If we really think we're supposed to do that, we will yeah. hold on to some idea of who we are. Right. And I think that ends up circumventing our mission. Yeah, but I sometimes question, am I supposed to be a musician or all that kind of stuff, too? Yeah. You know? Right. 
Um, do you ever question that? Sure. Yeah. I do a lot of things because I gave, I gave up a while ago on saying I'm one thing anyway. Right. Like I used to beat myself up. Like, why am I d disinterested in music now and want to do this? Why mm -hmm. am I disinterested in that and want to do music? Why now I'm just like, I do a lot of things and I'm okay with that. Like that's yeah. who I am. I, I, I have ADD, like I think it's, artistic ADD. Yeah. It's <laughs> smart to do that. I think you become better at all the things if you do like five of them. I, that works for me. It doesn't work for everyone. A lot of people get dizzy being around me when they're like, yeah. what are you doing now? And they kind of confused, like, who are you as an artist or what are you trying to say? Yeah. But that's not, if you're, I think as long as you are trying to be in what it is you're here for. And I agree with what you said. I might not use the term God, but I do uh, agree that ask the universe right or ask for why you're here and what mm. you can do to be a benefit to others like how can you help how can you help that's others? how i like to think of my yeah. life too is how can i help and how do you think you can help others um i you know i just daily whatever it is i'm doing i try to have that question in my mind as opposed to like i want i need this will make me feel better mm -hmm. is like am i remembering that i want to be a benefit to others right now because mm -hmm. that's why i'm here so yeah. whatever i'm doing you know i i can't say that i have the answer in a in a concrete way again because i flit about a lot and that's that's okay i've i've grown to be okay with that Mm -hmm. It's so unsettling, to, you know what I mean? It's not that normal in a way, but yeah. I it's true. It's who I am. So I'm just trying to be more of who I am. The truth is the most important, I've realized over time. I'm, like you said, we're, you know, we're pushing 50. And I, God, wild, it, it is. And I think that one thing that I would be the most happy to have learned is that, you know? Yeah. It's like... You just have to be who you really are. Your truth has to be the most present in anything you do. And then it might change what you're doing, but just be true, be honest and be kind and don't harm anyone. Those are kind of my rules. Mm -hmm. It's. I find it like difficult to get the courage to allow your voice to, you know, allow your voice out, you know, and be on platforms such as this or create platforms such as this. You find that difficult? Yeah. Very much so. Like, it's taken me a lot to get to the place where I could make videos about, like, things I have been through recently in terms of um, recovering from traumas and whatnot. And because <clears throat> that is where I feel like I could be the most benefit to others is by, like, sharing my story. and Shared yet, experience. Sh yeah. And Strength. Yet it feels like a betrayal as well to share those yeah. kind of experiences. So yeah. that's a real interesting rock and a hard place to be in. I but, uh, I yeah, like, but I, like, submerged all that stuff for so long. And my you know it felt as if like the universe was getting mad at me you know or because your life shrinks you know you you're whereas the universe wants to expand through you you know like it's seeking your expression to get wider and more expansive because from you a whole other other universes get born you know and you don't shrink yourself but you like allow yourself to like blossom and and evolve. evolve and express what you're going through and uh, and I took a plunge of doing that more and um 
and I got a lot of feedback on it, like that that was helpful. Even you know, even today, I got a message of somebody dealing with like because um, I I dealt with like you know narcissistic personality disordered relationships and how that affected my life and all that kind of stuff. And then I started talking about that because that was my initial YouTube education was all about that those dynamics with within people and even now talking about it feels odd you know but at the same time it's like were you dealing with those personalities or you're saying you you exhibited signs of that personality well I mean that has like it's on a what do you call it a spectrum Spectrum. yeah so I mean you know it's in terms of like narcissist narcissism in general that word means everything from like taking selfies you know to like covertly trying to sabotage another person's entire life you know with like intent Mm -hmm. so that word means like so many different things Mm -hmm. so it's it's a complicated um thing to talk about Mm -hmm. so yeah but no i i you know i got raised in that sort of environment you know where it's like you know that kind of uh scapegoated sort of situation Mm -hmm. and waking up to that and like confronting it but confronting it in a way that was like yeah it was heavy it it came on it came at me in a heavy heavy way my whole life kind of reset about three or four years ago so and and that's why I haven't put out an album in a long time and I went through a, a period of extreme isolation and stuff like that this was like you know but but from that i discovered athleticism and meditation and uh my passion for music again and and uh then finally the courage to start sharing my story and i make these instagram tv videos on joseph arthur underscore wait joseph underscore arthur is my instagram and i make instagram videos sometimes i put them on youtube but yeah kind of like self-helpy videos and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah well well, kudos for the courage to do that because that is like you said it's hard to um step out in any sort of especially and bury yourself in a way that can be filleted if you you know if you're somebody who's conscious of other people's judgments or which i think as humanity we just are we're always wondering if to some extent of course yeah yeah and also like none of us are innocent none of us don't have uh responsibility fucked up things about us too you Mm -hmm. know so it's like you also have to be careful if you're like speaking on some situation it's just it's just a very weird thing to like communicate about that relation troubling relationship dynamics but at the same time i feel like if i I took that question that rich dad poor dad guy we've got to get his name I'll, i'll look it up in a second but you know what what are you here to like provide or to what can you what service can you give it's like i would have i don't want to shut that down mm-hmm. you know and that that doesn't also feel like an angle towards financial success as much as an angle towards spiritual success yeah amen you know and self-knowing like you know Mm -hmm. knowing your truth yeah and also just helping other people 
you know, because those, yeah, those kind of dynamics are just really difficult on people, you know, but, you know, anyway, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. That's okay. We, there's always at least one point in, in, uh, our conversations where we go, where it goes spiritual esoteric. So no worries there. Well, like the podcast format in general is super therapeutic. Like, mm-hmm. like even as I started talking about that, I'm like, why? Because that's going to be what you're going to think about later. Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And even as I'm talking about it, I know that's that happening. But it's like podcasts are ther- are like public therapy. This is like the new therapy, I think. Yeah, I think it's good to hear you out loud. Because if you're not in a conversation, it's all happening in your head. So when you're in yeah. a conversation, you hear out loud how you really feel about things, right? And then yeah. you go like, oh, that's probably the more true than what I've been telling myself. Right. Because I'm expressing it and out, out. I don't know. I, I sometimes can articulate better when a question is asked of me than if I'm formulating an answer, right? right. Like it's yeah. like if someone just says, what about that? the truth will come out much quicker than if I'm like, well, maybe I should say this or that. Or yeah. like when, you, when you're on the spot, I think it kind of brings out more instant truth usually. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you're yeah. like, yeah, it does. Can you edit out the last 15 minutes, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's yeah. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You did a band with uh, our buddy Peter. Peter Buck. God, what a legend. How cool is that? It's you, cool, yeah. You guys it's, did a project um, it's, together? It's current, yeah. Uh, we just finished recording the second record. What's it called? Arthur Buck. Oh, that's so rad. A.B. Very inventive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, but we, we put out a record last year, I guess. It was on New West. Cool. And, uh then our second record is getting mixed right now by Jackknife Lee. Um, cool. Yeah. So. And what about your paintings? Tell us a little bit more about your art. Um, but yeah, the the, the paintings. Oh, well, let me tell you more about Arthur Buck real quick, though. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's great to write with him because, uh, you know, He's such a melodic guitar player, you know, and the song, he does these fully formed songs already. Like he writes the whole arrangement and the bridge and everything. Are you and playing bass? In- no, I play I play lead guitar in it, actually. Um, Did you never go back to playing bass? I play bass. I'm like my, I play bass on my new album. So, yeah, I still play bass, but... I never. Are you slapping and popping? No, I I st- I stepped away from that. You retired I, that. I kind of got shamed out of that when I like entered the Peter Gabriel landscape. Mm-hmm. I remember like because there was this thing called Recording Week, where uh, he had all these families or all these people, musicians coming into real world recording studios. This was in the nineties, like where the music business was super rich and everything like that. And mm-hmm. so like there was all these improvisations going on in this. This was my first week at that studio and it was like like the rock and roll star dream, but you know, come into like reality because it was like, you know, Joe Strummer was there and uh John Leckie was producing, who produced like Stone Roses and Radiohead, the bands and stuff like that. And Chad Blake was there and uh Carl Wallinger from World Party. And all these families from like India and Africa and stuff, all these great musicians. And it was just this big, like all these different, like 15 different studios um, going. And um, 
just making improvisational music. And then Pete, I was just like sitting in the grass and Peter came up to me, Peter Gabriel and said, Hey, you want to join us upstairs to like work on this one song that I'm working with Carl. And I was like, yeah, I could play bass. Cause I was still under the impression that I was there because I played bass. And he goes, no, I was thinking you might write lyrics and sing. And I was like, Oh, holy shit. Really? Like it was like, and so then I realized through him that it was like, the, the lyrics I was writing that was why I got signed like but it t- it I didn't really understand that until at that point you know because hmm. my uh, even on that demo there was still fancy bass playing on it but it's just wrote it around songs that were simple right but still like <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway yeah writing with Peter Buck is like crazy because uh he's so melodic that you just like my tendency is to like just sing like simple lines like simple like you could hang on one note or something like that and the movement is coming from his guitar playing so Mm -hmm. it's like makes real melodic songs just sort of happen Uh, but the only problem is i'm such a huge rem fan it's hard not to come off like very rem-y sometimes (laughs) you know like (laughs) this newest record i'm trying not to be like michael's type too much but it's hard because you know (laughs) he's a big influence too so yeah yeah and then the new record is uh more full band the first record we put out was more like laptop i made i used ableton and did drum programming and I thought that would be kind of interesting. But then this one, he, he was like, let's do this one like a band. And, you know, so we had the band that we toured with, like, you know, Scott and Linda, Gray and all those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. And you wrote and recorded it all in New York? Um, we wrote, we did most of it in Mexico, Todos Santos. That's who brought me to Todos Santos was Peter Buck in that music festival down there. So mm. that's how I discovered that. Very cool. So yeah. we're, well, I think we've we've come to the part of the show where we ask a few specific questions and okay. uh, and you answer them. Oh, okay. And then um, we wrap it up with a hail mary or something at the end. Okay. Um, I, I'm a, this is the first time for me too. So what? This is all ha- new information. A hail mary? Yeah. <laughs> no, I do always like to ask the question like two. Yeah, two is always very um, jarring to people, but I feel like you can start with two, and if you need to do more or less, is fine. But the two most influential artists to you for that inspired you as a kid or made you think, oh, maybe music, Hmm. or just in general over time, who you feel has really been like, wow, they are who I would consider the most amazing. Weirdly, like, I don't know why, but Charles Bukowski's coming into my mind right now. I honestly don't know why, because it seems Because you're like, in L.A. <laughs> maybe because I'm in L.A., and uh, I don't know. He's like, uh, I, I honestly don't know why he came to my mind, because I haven't thought about him in a minute. But, um, yeah, he's such a, such an L.A. landmark figure. I, I walked by his apartment. There was, like, a plaque or something. Yeah. Um, but that was a couple of years ago, but yeah, his, uh, his writing is, I don't know, just super entertaining. Yeah. And, and I, I like, uh, yeah, just the love of art that he has, the love of the magic of the creative spirit. Like he worships that, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, he romanticizes that so much, like classical music and wine and the magic happens, you know, mm-hmm. he just has that, you know real elevation of creativity Mm -hmm. 
you know, so I think that was it's a great choice, I think influential to me, you know, and plus I like his mediocre poems too, like just the one he like in his book, like there's mediocre ones in there, like, and they're in there and they're good. They're fun to read too, you know, like, oh, that one. And then every once in a while, it's like one that's like, boom, it lands hard, you know, um, Neil Young is like that to me too, mm-hmm. in terms of just like, I don't know, that feeling of just like putting out, like making stuff and putting it out there without too much thought. But like, that's when like the super genius stuff comes out too. But it's in and amongst like other stuff that might not be, like it's not all thought about too much and weighed down by thinking. It's like, there's a certain kind of purity of like the expression. In being prolific. Yeah. It's just like, I want to get back to that place with my music, you know, because it's been so long since I've put out my solo records. But uh, I would like to start putting them out more on that kind of free Neil Young, Charles Bukowski kind of way. And I feel like the way the music business is now that actually can facilitate that spirit mm-hmm. more, especially if you don't have like expectations that fuck you up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Really? Like just freestyle? Like, yeah. Ready? Go. My name is Joe. Thanks for letting me on your show. We're going to ask summer. you, we're going to ask you to go. about your, <laughs> your launched artist. Give us some. Oh, yeah. So this now you come to the part of the show mm-hmm. where we ask you, do you have an emerging artist you'd like to launch and share with us on the show? Definitely. You, great. Yeah. Let's hear all about him, her. His name is Liam Hall, um, and his artist name is Grandma. And uh, he's just, uh, he's like 22. He li- grew up in, in the South, in Atlanta, in New Orleans. Dad is James Hall, who's a rock and roll, cult rock and roll legend still. Um, People down in Atlanta know who he is very well. James, you know. And Liam is just uh, unbelievably talented, like just has gone towards music like, uh, yeah, just like with with total focus, you know, and um, is a great producer, and great songwriter sounds kind of reminds me of like Bowie, Scott Walker, like, you know, but also programs like trap beats and stuff like that. So it just feels like it's, I I've gotten a chance to work with them too, which is kind of like inspired me interestingly. Cause it's like the way we started this podcast was like me meeting like older figures in the music business Um, And I feel like I'm actually learning a lot now from younger people, you know, which is really interesting. Well, now you're the older person that the younger people are learning from and being brought through by just like you were the younger person that was brought. Yeah, it's like circle of life type shit. Circle of life type shit, except I still feel like the student. Yeah, It's weird. That's a great place to be, though. You know, Always remain the student, right? Yeah, but I really do. I wish I did feel like more like the master, you know, but I definitely do still feel like the student. Hi, I'm Joseph Arthur, and the artist I would like to launch is Grandma with his song, Downtown Life.
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. Everybody, 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 everybody